Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Wild Wild Will. Mark, Lily, Eric here. Um, we're going through all the Will Smith movies. And we are at year 2000. And we're breaking down the legend of Bagger Vance, which I came into this thinking that this was going to be bad. And came out of it thinking it was bad. So... <laughs> Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah, it is bad all right. Here's my just well, to start this off. Can I, can I start sure. this off real quick? Because sure, 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 it sure. says $80 million budget made 30 million at the box office. <laughs> so this is not a movie that did well, right? So not a lot of people saw this movie. And it doesn't from what I know, unless I don't watch the golf channel. It's not a movie that's on a lot. Did this movie get a ton of fucking po- I remember this movie so vividly, or at least yeah. the marketing for this movie. Was it just a big push because it's Will Smith and Matt Damon and yeah. you know, Charlize Theron? And did they have like a huge marketing budget? Because this movie is like ingrained in my head as is part of it? the zeitgeist and as part of like the the pop culture for me. I literally have never heard this movie. At every turn, I was shocked Maybe me by every Will Smith fan. celebrity that popped up in this. Like when every time we talked about it, I don't know why, but I was just kind of like, Picturing Brigger doing like I what? had no wait, idea wait, 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 what's wait, wait. about golf. What's what's Brigger doing? Racial term. Brigger doing's oh. like a musical movie where like yeah. there's like a magical town. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> it's, sounds it's, fun. That sounds better. It it is better. Yes. But Eric, did, like, did you go through your life being like, like this was always in my mind, like I like All as right. a pop culture reference. You're I always had even big golfers. Yeah, I, I mean. You got to think about it. Back in the day, this is 2000. If there's a huge movie coming out, this is a Robert Redford directed film, which kind of blew my mind. He's our boy who did Lines for Lamb. Did it blow well, your mind? Because it little... all made sense to me after. <laughs> well, we got to get into the discussion whether this is better than Lines for Lambs. It was. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, this is why it's tough. This is fucking tough. At least <laughs> Lines for Lambs is like 62 minutes. Um, this was too hard. But I do remember, I do remember them advertising this. And I'm wondering now, now that I know that Robert Redford directed it, it had such a powerhouse cast. This might have been Damon before Born the Born series, but either way. After Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah he's a baby Tal- in this. Yeah, after Talented Mr. Ripley. Charlie Starian is, you know, coming off of Mighty Joe Young. She's a star. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and then movie. obviously Will Smith, like you have these big names in it. Um, so I think they were doing like an Oscar push for this. At least that's what I remember. I don't think it got any nominations or any Oscars. I could be wrong. Didn't look into that, but I, I do remember, I do remember like the commercials for this, the trailers for this. And I think even at the time, not really having interest, maybe like the, the thought was like, Oh, interesting. Will Smith is doing like something dramatic. Um, just because all we knew him as is men in black, wild, wild west. Like, that's all we knew of him. So it's like, oh, he's not doing an action movie. That's interesting. But otherwise, I never seen him in my life. I mean, maybe you just like remember it a lot, Mark, because maybe this is like a movie that was at the library that nobody was ever borrowing. Wow, Lily, this movie's got you saltier than a <laughs> pork rind sitting in the deep August sun. This is going to be a long I'm going to be doing this accent the entire time. <laughs> Um, long podcast. But, right. but here's the thing. Can we talk about something better 
than talking about this movie. Can we talk about the faculty for a second? Hell yeah. Ooh, okay, Eric. That is a fucking movie. <laughs> M-O-V-I-E. M-O-O-O-V-Y. Should we say, okay, we had a fire at our house recently. And yeah. we watched the faculty on like a big screen outside projector. Not that we're just like randomly talking about the faculty. Yeah. So we recently watched it. I fucking love that movie. That's a Robert Rodriguez joint. You got Usher. You got Josh Hartnett. You got Stokely, which is the Frodo. You got Elijah Wood. Um, it's powerhouse cast. And it just, I don't know. It filled me with such joy to watch it. I like that the teachers swore a lot. That was fucking cool. I like the aliens. I like the action. I like them taking drugs. It's a fucking cool movie. Um, so thank you for screening it. Screening it. That's <laughs> that's what it was. I will say I was very against Josh Hartnett's hair in it. And what? I it think if the they had improved it, the movie also would have been improved. Oh, Josh Hartnett. Like I watched that movie as a, as a youngin. And I was like, that is like the epitome of cool. Wow. Watching Josh Hart in that movie, he's selling drugs. Yeah. He's got the hair. He's got this thing where like the shirts he's wearing, like the sleeves are going up to his fingertips. Oh, yeah, I like, love oh, that. Oh, I can't. How can I possibly use my hands? My yeah. sleeves are going to my fingertips. And the teachers want him or that one teacher wants him, which is inappropriate. But, you know, she's an alien. So hey, what come on. Say la vie. <laughs> you know, what in Rome? <laughs> Um, yeah, um, so should I break down the plot of Legend the faculty? Of, yeah, of Legend of Bangor. Let's talk about the faculty. Well, I would, I think, with the what I'll say about the plot of Legend of Bangor Vance, it's pretty crystal clear. Yeah, it wasn't confused, it was brutally straightforward. Okay, I will say that, yes, while the plot was clear, I did spend most of the movie going like, why? Well, yeah. Like, why do I care? Like, just because a plot is clear, like a grocery list is clear, doesn't mean that anyone besides you needs to read it. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know if it was clear because I, I, I'll bring up something when we get into it. Okay. But the way they told the story was so back ass words. Oh, like, it was great. Yeah. Jack Lemon. What the fuck? OK, anyways, <laughs> go ahead. Mark. OK, let's at least explain <laughs> this. Uh, Do you think coming of age Will Smith movie? was first on the call sheet? Mm. Was he I number one? Damon. No, Matt Damon <laughs> was. Damon, just because he had the lead part doesn't mean you're number one on the call sheet. OK. Oh, shit. Will Smith didn't even have to film half of this movie. It takes so long to get to him. I feel like he was in and out. But Mark's bring up a good point on his writer when he like signed the dotted line for this. He could have been like, hey, in my contract, I want to I don't want to gaze one line below. I want to look yeah. at the top line and just I'm see a busy my boy when I got to be on set. I'm That's recording a fucking, fucking new album, insane. motherfuckers. Number one on the call sheet, man. OK. All right. So Legend of Bagger Vance, this is told yet of a narrator. It's told from the perspective of a young boy in Savannah, Georgia, during the I think it's the 1920s. It's right in the it's it's dirt, right at the start of the Great Depression. After World War One, the, the Great Depression has just hit and you got the 
this kid in Savannah, Georgia, and this is the narrator. And that's all you need to know about him. Pretty much. I don't know. I don't know why he said it. What? The kid? The kid. Yeah, he's, he's- narrating it. He's telling okay. the story. Well, he's not narrating. Jack Lemon's narrating it, but he's the kid. The kid. Yes. Old kid. The kid has. You're introduced old. to an old man on a golf course. He has a heart attack. He has had he's he's on his fifth heart attack. <laughs> old man on the golf course playing poorly. He is having his fifth heart attack on the course. As he's laying down, having his heart attack, he starts reminiscing and his life flashes before his eyes. So old man is narrating his life, but you're back in time with him as a child. So you have Adele, Adele Invergordon, Charlie Theron is Adele and her and her father owns like he just had opened up this huge golf course, like country club type of thing. Great depression hits. Bam. He has a great big grand opening. Nobody shows up because it's the freaking Great Depression. He goes, well, my time's done. And he blows his brains out right now. Adele, shall we stay on, has this golf course that nobody's going to. And the bankers are on her case. And they're like, we're going to buy it from you. And I don't know if this had it was this part was confusing. I don't know if they wanted to buy it from her because of like property rights and women at the time, or if it was just like she's in a ton of debt and her dad just blew his fucking brains out. What are you going to do with the golf course type of thing? Either way, she's like, I ain't selling. But she comes up with a plan in order to uh, to get popularity for this golf course. And in order to make some money, she's like, I'm going to have an exhibition match, which would be a match that's like outside of the Masters and outside of traditional like PGA golf play. If the PGA was even around during the 1920s, I don't even know. But so she's like, I'm going to have like basically a fun match, but it's going to be for $10,000. And she invites two golfers that I think are real Walter Hagen and Bobby Jones. Uh, Walter Hagen's played by Bruce McGill and Bobby Jones by Joel Gretsch. Uh, Gretsch? Uh, either way. So, but she just has a town meeting in Savannah, Georgia, and they're like, um, the, I, it seemed like it was the bankers who wanted to buy this golf course were then giving her some riffraff where they were like, you need to sure have the exhibition match, but you also need to have a Savannah, Georgia man in the match to garner a bunch of local pride in it. Right. Am I, am I right with that? Right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So they're like, we know the guy. The guy that needs to do that is Juna, which is Matt. Damon's no one character. said that. Only the little boys. The little boys said that. Yeah. But but everybody else was like, I'm bored with it. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Juna, Juna's the guy. And Juna's this guy kid that was like really good at golf. And then he went to World War One and he got fucking shell shocked. All right. He got the thousand yard stare. He's having PTSD over World War One and he lost his grip. He lost his swing. He ain't got it no more. Uh, but they the kid goes and they're like, Juna, you got to play. Juna's a drunk and he's playing cards and all this shit. And he's like, fine, I guess I'll play. I don't know. He ends up playing. Oh, he was fucking Charlize Theron before World War One and everything. Yeah, that was hard to tell. Like, I didn't know if they were just fucking or if they were married. It was confusing. It, here, here's the thing. He ends up playing, but I'm just confused as to the reason why he ends up playing. Is it for the 10K? Is it because he wants to bang 
Adele again. You know, well, I don't think he knows why he agreed to play. And I think that's the the point. He's he's not in control of his life, Mark. <laughs> he's not sure why he agreed to play, but God damn it, he agreed to play. And you know what? He's not doing great. So he just starts. He's like, I gotta practice, and he just <laughs> starts hitting golf balls at at the in the middle of the night. And out from the darkness comes Will Smith's character, Bagger Vance. Which, like, be the way, this is like 40 fucking minutes into the movie. Bagger Vance comes up and he's, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to stand in the middle of where you're swinging so I don't get hit because you suck. And then he just he doesn't really teach Matt Damon's character, Juna's character, your Juna, how to hit again. He just kind of says stuff. He's just like, sometimes yeah. you got to just fun just swing again yeah. and it looks like you lost it and you're gonna find it and Was then he found it for his penis yes i think his penis got blown off in world war one oh honestly is. that would have been interesting so he basically gets one lesson from bagger vance bagger vance ends up being his caddy the kid that's you know the the kid that turns into an old guy having a heart attack ends up being the caddy's assistant and he Juna, Matt Damon plays against Bobby, Bobby Jones and Walter Hagen at this golf course. And it's like the talk of the town and people are loving it. It's like a three or four day event, this exhibition match. And he's doing shitty in the beginning. And then, you know, Bagger Vance, again, doesn't help him that much. Just says shit to him every once in a while. And he Matt Damon's character, Juna, gets slightly better. And then. They get to the last round, and I think I think Juno wins. Does he win at the end? Honestly, I watched this movie. I paid attention. I have he did. No he, did. he did. Okay, yes. so <laughs> Juno ends up winning, and <laughs> and Bagger Vance is like, "Peace, bitch." And that's but it's it. no, he pieces before that. Oh yeah, he leaves. Oh, he pieces yeah. before yeah. that, and like he wins, but it's because the other two also fucked up. So like, I don't know. Well, that's crazy. It, the whole thing about winning, it was a very gentleman <laughs> match. Like everyone was kind of like, maybe I'll win. I don't know. You go first. I'm not trying that hard. Everyone's just kind of very. I don't even know the word I'm trying. Gentlemanly. Yeah. Right. We're, like, we're was, here for a good time. Yeah, right. Hagen, super cash. It was Walter, cash. Yeah. yeah. Walter Hagen, who's Bruce McGill, is, a, is played by Bruce McGill. He was one that was like kind of half a womanizer. And like, oh my he wasn't god! Half, but, he was a whole. But he, dudes, can we? Okay, Mark, go ahead. <laughs> we have. To oh, I was just gonna say, he was the one that was kind of like, oh, whatever. If I win, I win. But also, I'm probably gonna win. And then the other guy, Bobby Jones, he eventually revealed that this was gonna be his last game yeah, ever. So there's he no also state. was like, I just, I just won a good game. That's fun for my last game. Yeah. Which honestly, this movie's so bad that I. I, I liked how fucking weird that was that no one really cared about winning. I was like, what? <laughs> like that one guy goes to him and has like, I'm jumping ahead, but the fucking guy who's the womanizer like sits down with Matt Damon and you think they're gonna have a seedy conversation where he's like, get out of the competition, turn around, mm, boy, yeah. I'm gonna fucking kill you and I'm gonna win and blah blah. Instead, he's just like, hey, after this game, do you want to come on tour with me? I'll split like thirty thousand dollars with you. Like it'll be really fun. And I'm just like. What? Well, he tells him he's going to lose the whole time. Oh, right. But he was still so non-threatening. I will say, too, the introduction to that character. What, who, what was his name? 
Bobby Jones? No, the other one. The womanizer. Uh, like the real <laughs> it's Walter Hagen. OK, Walter Hagen. I will say there are only there's only a handful of interesting parts to this movie. Yes. And his introduction is the one of the best parts of this movie yes. where he is just putting into a woman's breast <laughs> into her cleavage. <laughs> into her cleavage. I'm telling you that rivals like the most cinematic shots in like Battleship <laughs> Potemkin, the most cinematic shots in Metropolis. Like, 3D. Any, yeah. Any fucking film. I was like, I've never seen something like that before. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, was truly wild. one of those things where you're like, I've never seen this before and goddamn it, I'll never see it again. Because one, it was a beautiful putt. Her breast <laughs> caught it <laughs> amazingly. Perfectly. And Charlize Theron, she's like, well, goddamn, that uh-huh. was amazing. I thought she was going to fall over because her breasts were just so large and heavy. <laughs> and it was just like, honestly, I wish the movie would have leaned more into like that chaos because it was good. That's a great word for a chaos that it's still I'm never going to forget that image. No, no. <laughs> like the screenwriter sat down and said, like, oh, the guy's kind of a womanizer. Maybe he puts into a woman's cleavage <laughs> as the introduction. And she goes and Charlize goes, wow, that woman was talented. And he's like, oh, I made the putt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, Fuck, okay. You know what? It did introduce him pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You knew who he was. He was a golfer and he liked <laughs> <laughs> I, this. This movie, though, combined two things that I absolutely hate Ooh. in any TV shows and movies. The first one being like the swinging 20s or whatever. I hate just hate this era. Yeah. I hate movies from this era. Yeah, because I feel like we do. um it's like when you do an accent and not just the accents, but it's like when you do an accent, when you're trying to make fun of like a hick from the South, mm. we have this like we go fucking full like Great Gatsby. Yeah. Anytime we do something that's in this era and, it, and it's obnoxious and I hate it. I hate the aesthetic of it. I just hate how they talk. I hate every part of it that. And then also um, like debutante like i'm a wilted flower in the sun type of southern bullshit Mm. i hate like plantation big white hat type of like southern bullshit i can't stand either of those things you know that's so interesting because i thought you're going a different route because i was like there are like two things that i really hate in movies too and i thought we were gonna connect because i was gonna say like don't say italians well i was gonna (laughs) say that i hate the like white and black thing like he's black and i'm white but we're an okay team and then i hate uh i hate like sports movies like inspirational sports movies like you know like this and remember the titans and um rudy you know sea biscuit i guess like i don't like (laughs) it's just like not like a a movie genre that i feel like really has ever excelled. Speaking of like the black and white thing, because this is obviously a time I, I believe. Well, definitely, it's a hundred percent a time before black people can vote. This nineteen thirties. Ha- yeah, yeah, black people got the vote in the sixties. This is a hundred percent like people that are alive right now were alive during the Civil War. It they don't even, do they even mention race in this movie? No, and it's golf. It's fucking golf. They don't mention race once in this movie. Mostly. Also, I find it weird that they don't bring up race in this movie because it's golf. 
uh, would Will Smith have been like allowed on the course? Like, I guess maybe as a caddy, but golf is so white and not just like, oh, like white people like to play it as in like has frequently barred black players from like country clubs and courses. It's like, a thing in this movie. Yeah. And they're just like, that's fine. That, that, like, I, I hope everybody, I, like I said, I hope Bill Smith was number one on the call sheet here. Okay. I hope he got first at the, at, I mean, at, he's the, uh, he's on the poster. He's the big name on yeah. the poster. He's like center in the poster. The His characters in this movie should have not liked him though. There yeah. should have been at least one character that was like, wait a second. Why is this black man on the golf course? Can, you know, this should have been yeah. part of this fucking movie. right? I mean, literally, the PGA had a Caucasian only clause until 1961. Yeah. 30 fucking years after this movie. I mean, I will say this. Yes, I agree with what you're saying. Race is not an issue in this movie, which is strange. Uh, but two all the minorities are playing like the caddies. And so it is still like um, a demeaning, like demoralizing position to be in. So I bet this is based in fact, where it's just like, Oh yeah, black people could definitely caddy. I don't think they could service of like the white golfer who's okay. I'm going to look up the caddy thing, but like legitimately guys, like, so Augusta, like this huge course, like this is fucking mind boggling yeah, Georgia because I'm white. And so I'm sure it's only mind boggling to me. They did not admit their first black member to like PGA is played there all the time. Like it is a huge, <laughs> famous course. 1990. Yeah. Augusta is awful. They, they and it's this is pretty much Augusta because it's in Georgia. This thing takes place in Savannah, Georgia. I would say I look. I don't know about caddies in the 1920s, but caddies are not like, hey, bitch, carry my clubs. Caddies are the closest thing that you would have as to like a coach. Like a caddy is like a big deal in golf. Like I, I, I'm just saying that as it, it's not like, hey, black person, carry my golf clubs, especially if they're not letting black people on courses. You know. Okay, so it says. That the Masters, less than five months away from 1983, participants would no longer be required to use Augustus National Club caddies who were black. And the so-called ban on the use of outside caddies, most of oh, whom were white, was lifted. So you know what? Maybe Eric's right. Oh, like these damn. caddies, that was the weird thing was the white caddy, apparently, in this <laughs> fucking movie. Jesus Christ. But again. It seems like that should have been like, I don't know, a blip that was talked about in this movie. Well, yeah, this movie doesn't operate in a, in a reality. To give context to this movie, we've already kind of established it starts in quote unquote modern time, year 2000. Jack Lemon, from infamous from The Odd Couple, but more infamous from Grumpy Men and Grumpier Old Men or Grumpy Old Men, Grumpier Old Men. How, what is the fucking sequel called? Is it Grumpy, Grumpy Old, Old Men? Yeah, no, you got yeah. it right. Grumpy Old Men. Okay, anyways, heart attack, but he's also narrating about when he was a little boy and all this stuff. What's fucking crazy is that Matt Damon is technically your lead. Why is he not narrating what he went through and we're seeing the past through his eyes? Why are we seeing it through Jack Lemon's eyes? Made no fucking sense. I was so confused to why the little boy who's the assistant to Will Smith's caddy. 
it was it's narrating the story about Matt Damon. It might have been interesting if it was like uh, a To Kill a Mockingbird thing where like you're going through this perspective from a child, right? Like, uh, oh, my God, you just hit on it, Mark. Bo- you is it Boo Radley, the child? No, no Boo Radley is no. a scout. Scout, yeah, really the guy that (laughs) but like like a scout situation, right? So you have this child innocent where they don't understand parts of things being assistant to a black caddy to a white golfer and that kind of dynamic. But it's just like this will be fun. Like, I don't know why the fuck that kid's in this. Um, honestly, I think it was just something stupid because they wanted that like full circle moment at the end where it's like, spoiler alert, guys. Um, he dies from his fifth heart attack on the golf course. And when he comes to, he's on a beautiful golf course in heaven. And there's Bagger Vance to usher the now old man into heaven. Oh, and and the, the whole thing with Bagger Vance, too, is that like this is like the stereotype where like you make a black person like magical yeah. in movies and like there was just so many like african-american groups that were so against this movie just being like this is kind of insulting and like, oh, yeah, we were spike, about, like about spike this jones. or not spike jones Jesus. Spike, Jesus. Spike, spike lee was very much against this yeah it's like the same as green mile who what spike lee would point out too this mark you just found something this blew my fucking mind I get why they did it through the kid. Is that the scapegoat to allow for this saccharine golden Americana where there's no racism? And like, they're like, well, it's being told mm. through Jack Lemon, who's a kid. And so like, it's his view of this 1920s event, not maybe the real view. of yeah, like, my thing. Maybe at least just let Jack Lemon play a child. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> right. Let him play a child. All right. This is the thing. I was watching this and I was I like sports movies more than Lily, at least. And I've I there's not many golf movies. Mm-mm. I think there's like Tin Cup. That one fucking sucks. Happy but Gilmore. That's what I was going to okay, say. Happy Gilmore is not a sports but, movie. It's a comedy. I was going to say, like, so I'm watching this movie and I like golfing. Right. I like golf. Um, I was when it first started, I was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Like, it'd be interesting to watch, like. Like like um, uh, a league of their own. You get to watch women's baseball of that time. Mm-hmm. What's the differences? How did they deal with shit? Like it would be kind of cool to see like a sports movie like of that time that was like done well and of that time or for, for everything, you know, just like as somebody that likes golf. And I was watching, I was like, Happy Gilmore is legit a better golf movie yes. than this. Yes, it is. Like, I know it's not a sports movie, but yeah, I think that's a difference. though. like Happy Gilmore. Caddyshack. Those are golf movies, but they're comedies. This this is what I mean by a sports movie. Like I like those movies. A sports movie is like a remember the Titans where it's like, we're going to teach you a little bit about life, but wrapped up in a sport. This is what this is. I'm just saying a comedy. Like I'm not I don't like Caddyshack and I don't know too much about it. But I watched Happy Gilmore a lot. I'm saying that I feel like I got an inside look on golf and a more um enjoyable golf tournament in happy Gilmore, a, a shitty Adam Sandler comedy more than a sports movie, which is supposed to be about the sport. That was more interesting golf than this was. It's a better uh, caddy relationship in it too, with Carl Weathers. And what was his name again? 
No, his caddy is his buddy that's in all of his movies. He's got a beard and he like kept on cleaning his socks in the. Oh, water. right. Carl, Carl, Carl Weathers, Weathers is his coach. Trainer. Yeah, it's the so, trainer. Yeah. And that relationship is so fucking good. But Mark, I and Shooter McGavin relationship with him. I agree with guy. you, Mark. All I kept thinking was in Happy Gilmore, which Lily's right, is a comedy. I'm more invested in the sports angle of Happy Gilmore and how the tournament is going to end where you're like on the edge of your seat. You're like, is Happy going to win? Is he not? And you do get caught up, especially because Carl Weathers like develops this relationship with Adam Sandler and like teaches him how to golf. And you get so invested in that relationship. Um, damn, you're yeah, that's all I was thinking while watching this. Is like you take a care pull it off. Like the whole thing is he's like a savant, like an idiot savant at golf, right? Yeah, for in Happy Gilmore, and he's like got an untraditional way of like hitting the ball, but he's still got a bunch to learn. Like that was so much more interesting than just Matt Damon getting told a couple of fun s- stories than being. Well, better. I think the reason Happy Gilmore works better because most things work better when you do an outsider because you're learning along with your main character. Yeah. As where this one's like, they all fucking know how to play golf. And you're just like, okay, so what am I here to give a shit about? Uh, To me, I feel like this movie really wanted to be like uh, Forrest Gump, where it's like we want to like span a lifetime and intergenerational and like golf was just his fucking running or something. I don't even know, but just fucking it sucked. dick. Let's just say it. It sucked. It sucked. It did. So before before going into this movie that S the D, um, (laughs) before going into it, for some reason, I thought this was like a PG Disney movie. And I'm not wrong. It's not a Disney movie and it's not PG. But beyond some of like the putting into the breast and some of Charlize Theron getting undressed and from Matt Damon, some like the sexual stuff. It's kind of has like a my dog skip vibe to it. This feels like a movie your high school teacher puts on to be like, we're watching a fucking movie today. And it's as boring as those high school movies were. And it's kind of like as like, uh, what's the word defanged as those high school movies were, where it's just like, it's not going to offend anyone really. And it's kind of boring and you're not paying attention to it. And you're just kind of like drawing in your fucking notebook. That's the whole vibe I yeah, got the, from this. Like the, a kid's I, movie, but for adults? Like, was that's this why for adults? That's why it's like, remember the Titans, where it's like, okay, we're going to pretend to have a sport in here that you care about. And then, like, but we're going to learn something about ourselves. Like, we're going to learn that we're okay with people of other colors and then we work to better together. And this one's like, we're going to learn that, like, sometimes you just got to let go like it's just like hokey and like it wants to be a deeper movie than it is but when you have to like lay it out so plainly and do like multiple um voice overlaps that are kind of distorting you know like it's just too on the nose like it gave me such homeward bound vibes like the music Mm. the way it wanted to be like now this is the part that you should find sentimental. It's like, why, why are you like winking at me throughout this whole movie being like, did you get that? It's like, yeah, you're making it kind of obvious. It it also gave me the vibes of watching a VHS because (laughs) especially in the beginning where like there was quiet, like the beginning was almost felt like the slowest montage I've ever seen. Like it Mm. it seemed like this like quilt of just scenes and there'd be like a scene where like a character is talking 
So they're taking the audio from the character talking, but then the character would stop talking. But then you can hear the compression on the mic keep on hitting. So you'd kind of hear like a. (laughs) The next scene, I was like, why wouldn't they just. And not have that in there. Like it's I'm, assu- poorly I'm assuming Rob, Robert Redford's not a projectionist or, or not, a, not a projectionist. What am I trying to say? Not perfect perfectionist. He's not either of those things. Yeah, just like, like they let the compression hit and just keep going. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, this movie is as 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 benign and kind of lazy and kind of just like nothing of a movie as a Sunday stroll by yourself. <laughs> I say this movie is as benign and kind of lazy as a Sunday stroll. But here. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm giving this movie credit. Don't, don't do it. You're better. Than in that. a weird way. No. I was expecting violence in this movie. I was expecting Bagger Vance to get killed. Honestly, like someone was going like, to. That would have been. Fucking interesting. You need an or assignment like bird moment. Charlie Theron gets like blackmailed. Like, we know you're having sex with a golfer. <laughs> it's like, who cares? I, I don't know. I felt like they were going to try to like have drama in this movie. But like I said, everyone's pretty okay with winning or losing. Everyone's like happy for Matt Damon. Um, everyone's just kind of happy for each other. And you kind of go, oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. Even Bagger Vance barely cares. Like he's like out there doing some like reverse psychology, which is like, I don't care. Don't play golf. Let's just leave. Let's just go. Who cares about this? It's just like, why the fuck are you here then? Like Bagger Vance doesn't care. I don't care. Juna doesn't care. Like, why are we doing this movie? And look, I, I golf a lot. I'm not a professional golfer. A so lot I, is. Well, I've golfed since I was like 16. So I've done it a lot. It's the sport that I've done the longest amount ever. Um, and I would say like, like there's things that like it didn't even seem like Robert Redford. Did he write this or just write? Whoever wrote it doesn't just even directed seem, it. They don't even seem like they golf <laughs> because the way they were talking about golf is like this soulful experience. I can only talk from from what I like me playing sports when I was a kid, like playing like baseball or football. Like, you you know how like you like kind of get lost in it a little bit. Like you get so like, oh, I'm in the game. Right. I'm like in the zone of playing the game. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, there's something kind of therapeutic about that. You can get like kind of lose yourself in, the, in a game and just be just worry about that one game. Golf is not like that. Golf is just fat dudes getting drunk and just, you know, and just like hit You're like, you're not against anybody, really. You're just it's just kind of a thing you're doing. And I just never heard anybody talk about golf in like a spiritual way, like like Bagger Vance was trying to talk about it. Like, it, like, I don't know. It just wasn't connecting in any way like that. You know why, Mark? You know why none of this was fucking connecting? Because it's supposed to be like based on like a Hindu book and just like, and I don't know why they had a strong arm, like a kind of spiritual text that's supposed to have like life lessons into a fucking golf movie. Listen, I'm not about to record me butchering. Can I see the word words? I don't know. I think the like short term, like word for is like the Gita. I don't know how to pronounce the first one. 
Yeah, um, but it's just like the Gita is like the book text, yeah. but right, Lily's right. Get out of here. Which also made one thing make a lot of sense to me, but it was more embarrassing that they did it. So it's like this has no business really like being this isn't a golf movie. Like the lessons you're trying to like learn in it have nothing to also do with the dudes in it. Um, it has nothing to do with golf. They just kind of shoehorned it into golf, which is like pretty whitewashing. But then it makes sense that why the one caddy is uh, presumably no. Hindu. That's why they did that. Yeah. So like that's pretty fucking insulting also. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah. yeah Wait, so-, so, you know, it's hard when you take books and you make screenplays out of them and you're trying to like convey something that's just not in your original text like you know the original text just really doesn't translate into like a fucking golf story or just like a white guy going to war and coming back fucked up you know so i want to get into the bagger vance of this all because he's he's in the title it's our boy will smith and i kind of want to discuss the trope that's being used and kind of his function in the movie and what we thought about him because this is a will smith podcast so Bagger Vance is introduced, as Mark said, he kind of comes out of the fog as Matt Damon decides to, you know, I'm going to get back into golfing and he comes in and they befriend each other and he's going to be his caddy and be there for him. And the trope that we kind of alluded to is that he is a character with no background. Is he is he a ghost? Is he a spiritual being? Is Is he he just Matt Damon's like imagination? Is it just in his fucking head? Is it all those people's head? Because everyone can see him, but they might be all delirious. (laughs) It's Savannah's son. Yeah, it's hot. (laughs) Um, But essentially, the trope is he shows up and this character has no interest, no love, no past life. Like Matt Damon, who's our main character, he was in the war. He used to be a golfer. He has a lost love. He has all this like pathos and all this stuff well will smith's character has no past no future no nothing he's just existing this time and that trope is just a fucking lazy trope is not only is it applied to like often black characters who are like magical and so so on and so forth it's often uh, applied to like women characters where it's like this woman is just like the madonna like she's pure she's innocent she has no interest beyond whoever the fucking main character is and i'm not saying it happened this movie because i think Charlize theron actually has interiority like she has a purpose but often in movies it's very easy to be like here's our man main character he's white and here's the woman who's just there to like oh like the um the manic pixie dream girl yes the uh like uh, was it what's her name from or fifth element oh Oh, yeah yeah. born yesterday kind of trope yeah zoe de chanel in um 500 days of summer yeah the manic pixie dream girl which somebody pointed out they're like you know because this is usually written by men the manic pixie dream girl it's like they're super like like eric saying like you know they kind of have no past but like and they're really like quirky and stuff but always there's there's a point in the movie where they like kind of shut down a little bit you know, where it's like, oh, I'm not so fun anymore. Like, I'm kind of wearing down on you a little bit. And somebody put out there like that could just be how guys, young guys that meet women like that perceive um, people with like ADHD. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where they're like really, you know, like kind of hyper 
and like kind of quirky and fun and um and like out there type of thing but then after a while that wears down on people with adhd and then they kind of like in the relationship and kind of shut down and they're saying that could be how those guys are perceiving women with adhd and like writing about it i mean just like fucking trash well and that's the thing it's even applied to like gay characters in movies or like people in the lgbtq plus like you'll just have a character where it's like, well, here's the gay friend and they love the Mm -hmm. straight white friend and they'll do anything for them, but they have no, they, again, they have no interiority. They have no like, Oh, this is their background stuff. And again, I'm not suggesting that every character in your fucking movie needs like a background in this, but you can tell when it's explicitly the character is just like a concoction, a magical character who's just there to service your main character. And the problem is they're often minorities. And the problem is they're in this case, black. And then what it does, it's like people, at least Spike Lee spoke to this and other people speak to this. It suggests that like you're a white person. So you don't understand black culture and you don't understand black people. So maybe you're afraid to be like, well, what is their life beyond that? So instead I'm just going to buy this blanket of just like, they're just good. And they have, that's what they are. They're just good. And they're here and like, they're good people. And, and they're so you, helping me. And they're helping me with <laughs> going back to the happy Gilmore thing, not saying this isn't happy Gilmore, but all I kept thinking is Will Smith's character, Bagger Vance likes Matt Damon's character. Juno. What the fuck's his name? Juna. 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 <laughs> Juna. Juna. Uh, so they like each other. In fact, the first time Matt Damon sees Bagger Vance, he goes, oh, you want to go inside my house? He just met this guy. Oh, want to live here for a little bit? Yeah. You want to live here? Want to go inside? Like, go ahead. Have some go ahead. Food. Get some food now. You hear? Yeah. Like, that's all it is. And so you're like, okay, they're just so happy to be around each other. Wouldn't like a more exciting movie if it's like the buddy cop thing where they're like at odds where like they hate each other and they at least that would be conflict like <laughs> like like at each other's throats but again maybe that's thinking more of like the comedy thing maybe that would be like funnier if he's just like man matt damon sucks at fucking golfing i'm a fucking better golfing because i used to be a golfer or i golf in my free time and he can't do shit and i'm gonna fucking make fun of him but instead or, it's just or how interesting would it be like i'm a better golfer and i'm not fucking allowed to golf yeah yeah I honestly, there's just like so many things that you could do, and they just didn't fucking feel like it every single turn. So my question to you two then is that since they chose that narrative thing to be like, okay, it's the magical character who comes, inspires him, and leaves before he even finishes the game. Right? He walks yeah. up. Yeah. It's just like the main character guy's mojo back. My business is done. I can walk off into the sunset and go back to like the other realm I came from, or whatever. <laughs> it's like wherever the he's going. That's the story they chose to tell. How do you think Will Smith did in it? Um. Uh- It's a bad script, by the way. So I'm not trying to say that Will Smith did fucking bad. Like, it's just like it was a bad role, a bad script to be given. I'm going to say this. I feel like one, he should have known better. You can you could have read that script and like this is shit Two, originally Robert Redford and Morgan Freeman were slated to play this. But then Redford's like, you know what? Let's go younger. And that to me made more sense 
because I feel like, um, sorry, Morgan Freeman. I feel like he takes on some of these roles. He's always more frequently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he shouldn't do that, but like, that's kind of like a weird need she has and i was like okay you know what i guess i could see morgan freeman in this role a little bit more i don't think will smith did poorly but i feel like it was a poor move on his end and i also think it's funny that he says his most embarrassing role is wild wild west because if there's anything in his catalog he should be embarrassed about. I think it's this. Movie. At least he looked hot in Wild Wild West. At least he yeah. looked good. At least he was kind of funny. This one, I feel like the accent he put on was so awful and more racist. I feel like um, he didn't look that good. Like he looked like aged exponentially and it was a bad script all the way around and like there's just like no meat to it for him in any way so just like i think all around this was just like this was our worst will smith for me i think um yeah i i think will smith was bad in it but just as bad as everybody else and not like it's not like oh man everybody was great and will smith is really dragging but like Mm. I i hope i'm using this term correctly when it comes to acting like, I feel like everybody was kind of like chewing the scenery, right? Yeah. They were being like over the top, like, you know, Charlie's Theron was being like way over the top. And so is Will Smith, like fucking everybody. And it's what they do with the these- little boy, the little boy, like, oh, gosh, mister. <laughs> everybody was just being overly dramatic and and yeah, just like acting like they're in the, like on like it, it reminded me of like a, being a, like watching like a like a play or whatever like just how people were acting i think and and their accents were awful i think matt damon had the better accent out of everybody Mm. and also was playing it calmer than everybody like matt damon wasn't as over the top as everybody else yes and that's not saying matt damon was amazing i think if we're going like who did this best? It was Matt Damon. Yeah. And I think Will Smith was on par bad with everybody else. Yeah. I feel like Matt, I think you're right. Matt Damon, I think played it steady enough where he wasn't over the top. I think Shirley's Theron played it awful. And I think she was worse than Will Smith, but I like Will Smith was not good. I didn't need to see him fucking wiggling his toes on screen. It, but it, yeah, but it, and then the other thing too, it like to Will Smith to like, I don't want to say to his credit, but it's just like the role. What do you do with that role? Like, okay, I'm just going to say like these kind of riddles and say weird shit. And I'm just going to be positive. And like, he doesn't have anything to grow with. He just has to be kind of like magical. And I don't know. Yeah. So he doesn't have much. Matt Damon has the most character wise because he has this backstory and all this. But going back to like standing out the edges, would this movie have been worse Again, this movie has no conflict in it. You set up a character who has like PTSD, was in World War One, famously was a golfer, comes back to Savannah. Like, 
What if the town hated him? And what if they didn't treat the soldiers return right? And now he has to golf with that. And he's having like flashbacks to the war and he can't get to the term and all this. But they they got rid of all of that. But I part of me is like, would that have been like even more obnoxious and boring if it's just like, I can't play this round? I'm like, steam bombs go off. You'd almost be like, okay. I Like they just lost everything. It was just like, oh yeah, they're just going to have like a nice friendly golf tournament. <laughs> it is a problem. And you know, this is not a Robert Redford um podcast but let's say it rod robert redford is just a fucking afraid to make choices like i don't know why he thinks that he should direct anything but he is so goddamn boring where it's like he he can't even make an exceptionally awful movie that could become a cult classic because he's just too afraid even to make like a noteworthy choice what did- all of his choices are so fucking bland that you're then just sitting there forever and you're just like what's the point of this movie why do i care about this movie why do i care about these characters and the end is him going you don't you don't care about this movie none of it matters what did yeah what what did robert redford do they gained him so much capital where people are like here's 80 million dollars to make this movie Ordinary people he directed. He was also the lead in The Natural. He was also in Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kid, All the President's Men. Okay, that doesn't mean that he should be directing movies. He's also just like a million dollar smile, leathery tan, blonde, sandy beach hair. I'll take my pants off and shove a gerbil in my ass. (laughs) Wait, that's Richard Gere. (laughs) Oh, poor Richard Gere. (laughs) Um, uh, allegedly allegedly it didn't happen it's not even a legend it's a lie about richard here it's a a lie about it allegedly 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 (laughs) obama killed a man allegedly allegedly it just didn't happen Um, what is matt damon's appeal where does what is his appeal? Matt Damon's appeal is Ben Affleck. Well, I was gonna say Ben. I can <laughs> right? see Ben Affleck's appeal because I'm not like I'm not here to be like all oh, these boring white dudes. Because like Ben Affleck, I find interesting when he's in. He's like on screen. Matt Damon is like like he's got my haircut. Like why the fuck is he <laughs> in a movie? Like honestly, at first I was like, is that Matt Damon? No, that's not Matt Damon. Is that Matt Damon? <laughs> I at first did not recognize him. He's so young uh, and like too skinny. But then when he comes back from the war, they like let him have like a little hair in his face, and I was like, okay, yeah, 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 that's Matt Damon. Um, no, is he attractive? Like, I'm sorry, Matt Damon seems dumb as. I don't know if that. Hell yeah, this is the kind of podcast. That motherfucker. I don't know. shit. I don't know. Same thing with Robert De Niro. I don't know. Wait, what? (laughs) Robert De Niro is a fucking idiot. Whoa, whoa! I cannot stand by this. Okay, back to Matt Damon. Listen, Matt Damon just seems dumb as fuck. Honestly, I think his appeal. (laughs) I think his appeal is Ben Affleck, and I think he's just like such a generic white guy that I think directors are just like, yes, we can put this motherfucker in anything. He doesn't have the Tom Cruise sparkle. Like, I think he's just like, yeah, he'll do. That'll do, pig. That'll fucking do. Yeah, and Robert De Niro, he, like, watch him on any late night panel. It's moths floating around in his fucking head. Oh, I love that, <laughs> though, dude. I, but I know, but like, like you look like, like um, uh, fuck, I can't even think of his name. Joe Han Pesky. Solo. Oh, oh like he hates panel. He hates talking to these late night dudes. Yeah, 
Um, That's not fun, though. It, but but he's grumpy about it. He's like, fuck off. I'm just above this. I don't want to do it. Like, this is stupid. Yeah. Robert De Niro literally can't form sentences. Yeah, he's, he's our doing. father. He's our father. <laughs> like in heaven, if, if Papa was Hello. on his <laughs> name. Um, here's I'll say this about Matt Damon. Steven Sodenberg uses him really well in the Oceans movies, but then also I don't know if you guys saw the Informant or the No Sudden Moves, which is a new HBO Max movie. Steven Sodenberg puts Matt Damon and like makes him gain like fifty pounds, puts him in a weird mustache, puts like a pair of glasses on him and tries to like make him a character actor even though he's just kind of like leading man so he'll make interesting choices there i think it's the problem where it's just like you have to play white lead male in bagger vance like there's not much space to really do anything interesting with that kind of character yeah but they gave him interesting things aka this like tragic backstory about war and it's okay there was a comedy tell me if you guys thought this scene was funny so again, the script decides like the town loves Matt Damon. And when they're just like, he should golf for Savannah instead of the town being like, no, fuck that. And giving the movie some like conflict to be like, oh, he has to win over the town. No, the town loves him. So Matt Damon's driving to the golf course. And like, at first he's driving, he's like, oh man, okay, I'm back in it. I'm, you know, he's thinking this, I'm, I'm going to be a golfer. And he looks out his window and there's like one guy who's like, hey, Juna, and like waves at him. And then he passes like three more people and they're like, Juna, hey. And, yeah. then, he's, and then like all the townspeople are like coming out of their fucking houses and flocks and they're waving. He keeps coming to Matt Damon driving and he's like smiling, he's smiling. He's like, oh, okay, the town loves me. But then they cut to a wide shot and the town has swarmed his vehicle and they look <laughs> like they're about to fucking flip it, dude. <laughs> Hey, Judah, did you did you fuck my daughter? Also, what the fuck out that car, Judah? They all love him so much. They didn't realize he'd been home for ten fucking years. Riddle me that. It was insane. It was like the editing was off. Where I'm like, holy shit! There's three thousand people around his car. They're gonna bust a window. Matt Matt Damon has always read to me as like if you took Mark Wahlberg and you sanded him down. Or something like physically. (laughs) I don't know. I just love. I rather watch Mark Wahlberg than Matt Damon. Okay, literally in anything. I will give it to Matt Damon. I would rather watch Matt Damon than Mark Wahlberg because Mark Wahlberg (laughs) seems like a fucking asshole and an idiot. He, I, there's. He doesn't seem as dumb, but he seems like a dickhead. So I'll take a Matt Damon over that. I think I told you guys this already, but I just love it so much. I saw an ad online for like on Instagram or something where Mark Wahlberg is being being filmed and he's it's an ad for an app that teaches you how to say the rosary no. or, or so you can do the rosary on your phone. You don't need an actual rosary. You can do yeah. all the prayers. And he just looks in the camera and he's like getting off a tour bus. You know, this was done in like 10 seconds and he goes, yeah, you got to use holy app, you know, get prayed up and that's it. And then he walks away and it's like, that's the career I want. We should do a Mark Wahlberg podcast. I don't know. I I would die. Get prayed up. I would die. I would literally die. Here's the other problem, too. While watching this, I looked ahead what our next movie is. And it's Ali. And that motherfucking movie rips. Never seen it. And Will Smith. Ali is after this? Which is crazy. 2001. (sighs) Really? I'm making a couple of things to get you guys excited. I don't want to oversell it. I'm going to oversell it. One, we got Michael Mann directing it, our boy who did Collateral. So it's fucking okay. weird okay. and like has Moby in the soundtrack. It's insane. Uh, it's shot insane. 
Jada Pinkett Smith is fucking in it. Uh, Will Smith does the full transformation. And oh, I, I had a reason for bringing this up while watching Bagger fans. Everyone, I know you guys were saying everyone was like kind of bad. I think everyone was just adequate. It's just like, eh, everyone's fine. It's just a stupid story. And like, I don't care about it, but it's like Matt Damon's like serviceable. Will Smith is serviceable. Charlize Theron. She was kind of fun watching. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching her. But looking ahead at Ali, it's like leaps and bounds where you go, oh, this is a dramatic fucking actor. Bagger Vance feels like fake dramatic acting where he's just like, kind of going by the numbers will smith and ali is crazy like buffed up gained the weight did the full nine yards has the voice of muhammad ali and is just like giving a performance that's unbelievable i can't wait to watch and talk about that movie it feels i don't know why but it felt like that was further into the future like it feels weird that that's the next movie after this movie because I don't know why it just doesn't feel like we're there yet. Like, I don't know. I mean, he is younger than Tom Cruise, like, but it just feels weird. Like he should have more under his belt. But I think it's because his career is more expansive than film. Like he's doing the television. He's doing the music. Cause like, to me, it's like, how did he become so colossal? But the, but only has so few movies under his belt. But I guess it's because I keep forgetting that's just like he's a colossal superstar because he has other things under his belt and he didn't have to stick to just film. And they're also just two different people. And I think Tom Cruise, like from what I'm getting, we're comparing the two, which we don't have to, but we're comparing Night Cruise and Wild Wild Will. And so far how it's been, Tom Cruise to me seemed like he needed some time to cook. He was he put him in a crock pot to like reach like Tom Cruise status. I feel like I feel like a lot. Will Smith took like two or three movies like to hit like that men in black. Like, oh, this is fucking Will Smith or even bad boys. Bad boys. He was like 70 percent there to being Will Smith. And I feel like maybe Tom Cruise, the first few movies, first like four or five movies. It was like, all right, Tom Cruise is figuring out this whole thing in his yeah. life you know and maybe just will smith's a different person you know he also, just hit that's, harder that's all that tom cruise has like i'm saying like will smith had time to like find his legs doing fresh prints he had time to like find himself doing music you know what i mean like he didn't have to necessarily waste as much time finding himself in film which i think makes a movie like bagger vance more unacceptable to me because no it's song. just Oh, oh God, thank God. But it's just like it didn't feel like a movie he had to take on. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like he should have known himself enough to be like, I'm not going to make this fucking Hallmark movie. That's what it felt like a Hallmark movie. Also, this was around the time that like that fucking stupid movie Meet Joe Black came out where Brad Pitt is like it's hit by a angel. car. Gets hit by a car, but returns as this like ethereal figure. Were people just really into that? Were just like, whoa. Ooh, it reminds me almost, yeah. And uh, what was the John Travolta one? Phenomenon? Oh, Michael? Phenomenon. No, well, Michael oh, too. Oh, Michael too. Yeah, phenomenon is one where he gets a tumor in his brain. And for some reason, it gives him the ability to move objects or some shit. But that's at least like something. <laughs> this is like. packs. <laughs> oh, no. We don't even know that Bagger Vance is like. <laughs> Not a human, you know what I mean? <laughs> is he like, a K-Pax? It was but very like, unclear. 
yeah, like they leave it unclear. It's just more. Ugh, I don't know. Would have this been better as a horror movie? Like he's getting yeah, a man coming out of the dark and telling you that you suck at golf. <laughs> yeah, just drowns Matt Damon's ass in the fucking water with the golf course. Okay, I will say. So I said there, there's only a few notes in this movie that like I enjoyed because it's like. It's just like not it's just not a good movie. Honestly, it feels like something uh, someone would like write in college or something and thought they were making like a hard hitting drama. And then you watch it back and you're just embarrassed for them. So I like uh, balls into titties. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. also this like really tickled me. So they're playing this like long ass tournament. It's like three days. What they say, like 54 holes or something stupid. They're getting to the end. They are one fucking hole left and they're neck and neck all of them but it's getting dark what are they gonna do and it's like we can't call the game they'll rip us to shreds which but isn't true that town was so complacent <laughs> and like they could have easily been persuaded to go home yeah they like give them a couple brewskis they would have been good so they're like anybody with a car get it yeah, let's turn the lights on. Let's go. And the whole premise of this movie, whether we remember it or not, is that Charlize Theron's father killed himself after the Great Depression. And she is trying to revive the golf course <laughs> so that opened. she doesn't also need to kill herself. <laughs> so these motherfuckers are just like, get your cars and let's fucking ruin the course. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They're just like yeah, they're ruining, ripping, up. ripping up this golf course so that they can get a couple lights on one <laughs> hole. And it just like it tickled me to no fucking end that they just like were like driving their old ass heavy cars on this golf course and just ripping into fucking shreds. And, and to just give some background on it, when you're on a golf course with a <laughs> golf cart, you're not supposed to get within like 30 <laughs> feet of a green. And they're just like, let's get this Model T up this bitch. Get in there. And here's Maybe that's like, the sure. lights made no sense either because you got one golfer like in the ocean hitting a ball so it's like the car lights are not reaching him it was just like so beautiful and so stupid she's gonna have to kill herself anyways because they've just ruined her golf course she's gonna be more in debt having to pay out the money and then fix the course she's fucked that's why she was crying at the end <laughs> Did they play her dad blowing his brains out as a comedy beat a little bit? It was weird. That was kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. They did a like, lot of things like that. No. Because, like, when Matt Damon leaves her, all they do is, like, she wasn't a woman who gave a shit. It's <laughs> like, well, okay, my man left me. I'm good. And then she was also willing to fuck Matt Damon in front of a kid. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that <laughs> so that was weird. Bizarre. You can open your eyes now, yeah. boy. Yeah. What boy. the? Huh? <laughs> open your eyes, boy. I'm also, about to get naked <laughs> and sex <laughs> with Weekend Acres' wife. Oh, that's not it's her. The 20s, man. It was different. Um, also, golf isn't inherently cinematic, but you could make it cinematic. And cinematic, like the tension of putting and stuff. No. This movie is very lazily, just kind of like medium shots, wide shots. 
the one time it had visual invention, it kind of does the POV of a golf ball as it's like rolling towards like okay, the hole. yeah. I almost <laughs> wanted more of that bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> But they do that in Happy Gilmore, and it's really good. Remember, what do you, like what do you POV think? Of the ball going over like the woods, and it's like, whew. yeah. Can I bring up one scene? So I feel like this whole time, you know, we've been talking about like, you know, the magical black person and how they don't address race and just all this shit. I don't know if you guys remember, but there's like a point where Matt Damon, he's fine. It's all clicked. It cost him five dollars to get therapy from Bagger Vance. Bagger Vance is like, I'm out. You're solid. And then there is like this wild scene of just like Matt Damon walking on the course, just and like a swarm of white people and Charlie Saron walking with him. And like it fucked with my brain because it looked like, you know, the march in Memphis or something, but it was all white people like linked arm and arm on the golf course. And just like, Oh, I just love to see that. Just like the solidarity of a bunch of white people walking on a golf course. Well, Lily, if you follow the proud boys, all right, you'll know that our rights have been slowly being taken away. Uh, it was just such like an insane image. And I feel like someone called them and like, that doesn't look fuck. Like it, <laughs> Just throw a couple tiki torches in there. Let's go. (laughs) Hwani. Hwani needs our rights back. It was very weird. Um, All right. So before before we end this, I want your opinion, though, because Eric brought it up about how you don't think golf is cinematic. I think golf can be cinematic. I don't think think anybody's done it right. But what is what do you think on screen is the best sport to watch? What what like in a movie? Yeah. What translates best on screen? In your opinion, and I've got two great movies to back me in this. Okay. 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 You want to go first? I or? have two movies. I have two sports. One classic hockey. You think that translates well? It's giving you the Mighty Ducks, motherfucker. Oh, it's giving you Miracle Ducks. on Ice. Um, yeah, like you can make like a pretty good because you got like the fighting. You can have like the montage of them just like out there by themselves, fucking pissed off with like a coach in the stand watching them. Like hockey is like a pretty good one. Um, second, I'm going to give it to you. Soccer. Mm. You're getting bend it like Beckham. You're getting she's the man um, because that's like a good one, too, where you can really bring the ladies into it because football. Fuck it. My girls were out baseball unless you're doing like a league of their own. My girls are out golf. My girls are out. I guess you could do tennis like so many of these sports were like not a like allowed. So I feel like soccer and hockey are two really solid ones. Cause again, with hockey, all of a sudden it's like, man, this player's fucking sick. Takes off her helmet. It's a fucking lady. We've so, all seen little two. giants. Yeah. All right, Eric, what, what do you think is the best sport to translate onto film? Lily, I'm so excited that you brought mighty ducks because the bad coach from mighty ducks was in this movie. Was he? Remember? No. Remember? He's the guy who's like, Gordon, you know, you got to make this shot or whatever. When Gordon's like a little kid and then he who grows is he up in this movie, though, he's just like a rando in the fucking crowd. <laughs> he's he's the one who comes to stay with Charlize Theron. And he's just like, I just really like Juna. He's a great. Oh, he's the player. critic. The critic. Yes. Yeah, he's like writing kid. an article or whatever. He's the bad coach from from 
Was he the one that said, cup your eye like he got cut? No, no. Emilio says Bombay. that Gordon Bombay tells Charlie to cup his eye like he got cut and then kick the puck Drop out. to the ground. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I want to watch fucking Mighty Ducks. Here's the thing, Mark. I think it's a trick question because every sport has like a good movie. Like, obviously, there's all the boxing movies, the Rocky movies, which considered sport. Baseball. Have you guys seen Moneyball? That movie fucking Moneyball's really- awesome. Moneyball's so, so good. Um, yeah, we already said Mighty Ducks, which is rad basketball movies give me fucking the way back i think that's what's called the ben affleck like he's drunk as a skunk that he made two years ago and he has got coached these like high schoolers to get through basketball that's always a good fucking like love and basketball um who's that's a good one oh yeah um that's that's what roger ebert said he said basketball is the best on film he thinks it's fun, man. Just the That's kinetic fun energy and the game just keeps going. And I think definitely um, team sports. I like watching baseball in a movie. You know, I think I could fuck with swimming because you know <laughs> Wait, what? swimming. No, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I think what they try to achieve in this movie was just like, there's a spiritual feeling. I think you could achieve that thought process more in swimming because sure. there's a crowd, but you could cut to like when they're in the water, all that sound is gone. And it's just you and the water in your own lane. As for like golf, like he's like pretending like he's out in like the wilderness. You said but, team sports though. Okay, I know, but I'm just saying if you did individual, I think you could go more the spiritual route with swimming than you could golf. Like, listen, I think golf is for rich people. I think it's for white people. And I think it's fucking boring to watch. You know what? Just give me the decathlon. That's you it. know That's what I want to see. I didn't want to say it on camera, but I got a killer runner movie, like a killer cross country. Is it? What's it called? Is Horse it called cross country? country? I did it. But is that where you run? What <laughs> yeah. movie? Cross country is like the long running. I just have a run. I want to make a running movie. Oh, you oh, want to make. make. But okay, I got but, a killer idea and I don't want to steal it. But like, I think you could do running, too, because you'd actually like be in nature running as we're like golf. Like you're literally like half wrecking nature just because they brought some cars on the course. Well, no. And just like the how you have to create courses like you're ruining oh, like hey, golf habitats. I'm just saying. All right. So what do you got? Ali it's coming elitist. up. We got Ali. I cannot wait. It's so good. Maybe we it watch feels it like it'll be really weird to see this up against Backer Vance. Oh, it's day and night. Like, think about the quality that this movie was shot in Bagger Vance, where it's like so just kind of lit perfectly. It has no personality, no style. It's just kind of, yeah, very after school special Hallmark movie. When you get to Ali, it's like, what are they shooting on? Why can't I see any of the characters? Why is it? Right? Why is Moby like jamming out in the background? Like, isn't this the 60s or something? Like, what is going on? What's that? Who made it? Michael Mann, Collateral. Collateral. Oh, yeah, 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 Our boy made heat. So it's just like so artistic. It has such an auteur's touch. It has personality, a style. Jamie Foxx is in it. Oh, it's so good. So can wait. we just all agree then that Robert Redford should stop making films like directing Look, he, them? He has his niche, which is these Americana weird fucking movies that are so like dull. Like when, when I say dull, like how a <laughs> A knife is dull, like like a knife is dull, <laughs> but it should be sharp. It should be <laughs> sharper. A knife should be sharp, dude. To just be a rich, fucking mediocre white man, 
they let you do fucking anything. He's a great actor. I think it's also okay, he's just a bad director. Yes, I think that sometimes is the weird thing where like as you get older as an actor, maybe longevity within your career, possibly I don't want to stereotype for every actor, but sometimes it's like, well, I'll become a filmmaker because when I can stop leading man, like I, when I have to stop being a leading man in movies, I can turn over to directing. And again, sometimes it doesn't have like the passion that you would see with someone who's just like, oh, I was born to direct. Like, this is what I want to do. So that's my my theory. You fucked up, Will Smith. I'm going on record. This so far is by far the worst. Oh, man, David's stupid. I would watch Wild Wild West 20 times over before having to watch this movie again. And could you blame him that like you're being handed a Robert Redford script? If you're uh, Will Smith at that age, at that time, 2000, like you're going to say yes, because it's like no. that has so much cloud. I bet they fed him like this is going to be the next Titanic. Like it's I would have watched cool. Lions for Lambs. And I would have spit in that man's No, face. this is more watchable than Lions for Lambs. No, but I'm saying oh. I would have watched Lions for Lambs. And I'm like, I can't be in your Lions fucking for Lambs movie. came out after this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions for Lambs is like 2008. But this was w- more watchable than that. Yeah. Yes. 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 It's, yes. it's I'll just give him, disappointing. I'll give Will Smith credit that it is disappointing. It's kind of like a uh, thankless role, but he is someone who is willing. Like, I can't believe Men in Black 2 is five years after the first Men in Black. Usually you think that shit, like, they turn around. I can't believe time. that's before. That's after Ali. To I be know. Honest. That's, that's kind of blowing my mind right now. I, okay, I'll give Will this. Will didn't make this movie bad. This movie was bad and he was in it. Yeah. All right. Well, Ali's coming up. And um, I don't know. Watch right. the faculty. Watch the faculty. <laughs> yeah, watch the faculty ASAP. <laughs>